And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Get it, Sassy? Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, August 4th, and we just can't quit you. I'm J.E. Skeets, rolling with the homie, Taz Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Taz? We've got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the Max Lealis. Friends. Mm. Mm. Finally, the man making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button. Leave a comment below the vid. And if you haven't, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Help us out. Keep sending in your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' Podcast. Email them in. No dunks at theathletic.com. Best way to get those questions in front of our eyeballs. And finally, go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Shirts, hoodies, shorts, mugs. We got it all. And all of it is good. So go to nodunks.com. Okay, we called an audible today. Fast Friends, our summer podcast series that has Trey, JD, and myself watching every movie from the Fast and Furious franchise. That's going to now drop later this week. We were going to put it up today. We are actually going to sort of take the day off. But that'll go up on Friday because we've just had too much news here. And tomorrow on the podcast, we'll recap the Olympic men's semifinal games, which happened super late tonight and then early tomorrow morning. So that'll happen on Thursday. Trey, you got a cat on your shoulder? Well, not on my shoulder, but oh. uh, yeah, Wilbur is hanging out here. It looks like he's trying to tune into the stream team, to be quite honest. What's up, buddy? What's up, Wilbur? You know, he was being pretty chill today, so I thought I'd let him stay in the stew and help out here. Oh. Look, at him, look at him pretending he doesn't know what he's doing. He knows damn well what he's doing. That weird-ass cat. Yeah. Yeah. It was like an optical illusion. I thought it was on his shoulder there, too. Yeah. Or something. Well, 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 it looked like it was perched on his shoulder there. Well, before the show, you say something was off camera and Trey was was leaning over saying what's up buddy I didn't know if you were talking to a child or a cat or a dog great to find out what's up uh, buddy cat what's up, buddy? What's up Wilbur uh yeah so that's Family. tomorrow talking Olympic games and then Friday's Fast Friends the uh the first rewatch of the first movie of the Fast and Furious franchise but today yeah just more things happening in the NBA free agent world uh we're cruising along like a 94 Toyota Supra or something like that. I don't know. We don't know cars. Uh, if you want to hear us discuss, though, Kyle Lowry joining the Heat and Chris Paul re-signing with the Suns and Lonzo Ball going to the Bulls and all that, check out yesterday's podcast, Tuesday's podcast, 90 minutes long, uh, recapping day one. But we're into day two here, and we got some breaking news right before we jumped on. In fact, that's why we're a little late here. Woj tweeting, Kemba Walker has agreed to a contract buyout with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and upon clearing waivers... He plans to sign with the New York Knicks. So, Tass, he's come to an agreement. I mean, he had a lot of money left on that deal. Two years, $74 million. We don't know the, uh, the actual terms of the, uh, the contract buyout, what he agreed to give back, but 
In theory, he's signing with the Knicks. What do you think? It sure seems like a hell of a gift for the New York Knicks. This guy, yeah, two years, 74 left. They come to whatever agreement they do in, in OKC, and then he just shows up on the Knicks' door. Who knows how much they're signing for uh, in New York, but, yeah, he becomes their starting point guard automatically. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty shocked that OKC wouldn't try and get some sort of asset for him in return. I understand it's a big deal, a big contract, so you have to take some money back in return. So that was difficult, I assume. But Kemba definitely wasn't in the plans in OKC, so it makes sense he'd go somewhere else. But, yeah, the New York Knicks, I think, have their starting point guard. I think he'll be starting alongside Evan Fournier and R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Nerlens Noel, who now makes a little bit more sense that Nerlens Noel got that money because now all those four other guys are, are their – Offensive players, New Orleans well is going to have to play some defense. Derrick Rose goes to the bench, I assume, in his his more desired role instead of having to be the starter like he was throughout the postseason there because they needed so much offense. But they are loaded in the offense department, as I said, with Kemba, their new guy, Fournier, Barrett, and Randall. This still leaves them in the, clearly the second tier of uh, the Eastern Conference. You've, <laughs> you've got a top tier in Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, the Heat and the Hawks; those are the five teams, and we'll get to the Bulls. But I think the Bulls join, uh, you know, the the. the, the We're Knicks. number six. We're number. There six. you go. There you go. I think that's the clear fight we're gonna have. Next, we'll be scrapping the Bulls. Pacers and Raptors are still there, Celtics. but uh, yeah, the Celtics are still there as well. Yeah. There we go. It's the East is deep all of a sudden. Okay, so this doesn't really move the needle. You're saying for the Knicks, but this is good because they got a starting point guard. They got a starting point guard for. I assume because OKC would have to pay him a decent amount that the Knicks aren't paying a lot. Right. I assume because they just gave up all their cap room on day one for a a seventh seed or eight seeded team. And now they're moving up to the 6.5 seed, it seems like. Moving up. They're moving down, if that's the case. (laughs) Aren't they the fourth seed last year? (laughs) But anyway. Good point. Good point. Uh, Up from yesterday. Up from yesterday. I got you. Uh, Lee, you're the biggest Knicks fan I know. Mm-hmm. Um, Madison Square Garden, Kemba Walker. That's worked before. We've seen him uh, ha- have some magical games in MSG. What do you, what do you think of this uh, You know, breaking news here from Walsh? Well, I'll, I'll start with the positive. Three and four years ago, Kemba Walker played 80 and 82 games. He averaged 22 points a game. He averaged 25 points a game in his last season there in Charlotte. And he shot the ball really well. 43% from the field, 36% from three-point range, and gave you six assists a game. So if you get anything like that out of Kemba Walker, then this is an absolute steal for the New York Knicks. The problem is the last two seasons, he's missed significant time through injury. And that's probably why he's in this position in the first place. You know, things didn't work out in Boston. They gave him that big contract, but he was just injured a lot. And I think that uh, the Celtics there were just like frustrated and they were like, this guy can't stay on the court. So that's going to be the thing. He's only 31. Uh, I think he's 31 or 30. So he's still very, very young in terms of like, he's got, he could have three or four really good years here. He's not a sort of pass first point guard. He's more a sort of shooting scoring point guard, but he can do that for New York. They need that. They definitely need that next to uh, Julius Randle because we saw in the playoffs here, especially against the Atlanta Hawks, they just didn't have anyone else who was able to create. So if you're the Knicks right now, you're like, all you're looking at is is the two years prior uh, to this last season where it's like, he was really a good, he was a great player, four-time All-Star. So he brings a lot of hope to that franchise that he can get anywhere near that level. Then they've picked up a great player for nothing. Um, But if he's in and out of the lineup and that knee injury has certainly plagued in the last season or two, then 
you're really not sure what you're going to get out of him because he's probably going to be in for a few games and he's going to miss a few games and, and then he's going to be coming back and it's sort of working his way into the lineup. So that's, the I think, the, the whole situation here with the Knicks. They're hoping that he can recover from that knee injury. And if he can, then I think he can still be a very productive player. And I think this is a pretty good pickup for, again, giving up nothing in return. Yeah, what, what do you think, Trey, with the all the moves I guess the Knicks have made here now? Basically bringing the band back together. You know, Reggie Bullock moves on, but then they add Fournier to the big deal. And now uh, we don't know the details, but uh, Kemba Walker. Um, you know, has this been a pretty good actual free agency now for the New York Knicks, or is it a bit of like, huh? I mean, it definitely changes things. It makes me like the Fournier signing a whole lot more, knowing he's not going to be the number one ball handling piece that New York brought in. I don't know that we're going to ever get back to seeing the four-time All-Star, Kemba Walker, uh, that we've seen in the past, but that's not necessarily what the Knicks need. They just need a quality starting point guard who is able to play, you know, 35 to 40 minutes a night, which theoretically Kemba will be able to do. Derrick Rose wasn't quite able to do that. I don't like it from two standpoints. Number one, I just found out Kemba Walker was in Oklahoma City Thunder. Still adjusting to that, and now he's moving on to the to the Knicks. That's going to be tough for me, and it does a little bit get in the way, I feel like, of the development of Emmanuel quickly, and more so R.J. Barrett. Like, they just keep on bringing in guys to handle the ball, the Knicks do, and that's taking the ball out of the hands of Barrett, who, you know, he was a high draft pick. He seems to have some playmaking ability. The shot looked better uh, towards the end of the season last year, so from that standpoint... I don't love it, but I think getting Kemba Walker for basically nothing is going to be huge for the Knicks. And, you know, point guards who can play in the pick and roll tend to do pretty well in Tom Thibodeau's offense. He'll get a ton of chances. Uh, We saw it with Derrick Rose. We saw it with Austin Rivers early in the year, quickly played out of the pick and roll last year. Kemba's going to get his chances. He's probably best with the ball in his hands playing in pick and roll. So I can see it working from a fit standpoint as well. Well, let's get to your Bulls, who are making more moves in day two. Uh, sign and trade, DeMar DeRozan. They traded Thaddeus Young, Al Farouk Amino, and draft picks to the Spurs for DeRozan, who signs a three-year, $85 million deal. Remember when people were wondering if he was going to take like a mad pay cut to join a team to try and win a title? Uh, no, not happening. Guy got paid. Uh, what do you think, TK? Uh, obviously, Lonzo Ball there on day one, and now DeRozan in the mix. How happy are you or confused are you? What's your emotions with this uh, DeRozan news? Well, I was surprised and delighted when the Bulls somehow got Alex Caruso on day one. So (laughs) for the Bulls to get DeMar DeRozan on day two, meant to be, honestly came out of nowhere. Rumors started breaking late afternoon yesterday that the Bulls were in the mix for a DeRozan sign and trade. Felt like it was going to be Lowry Markkinen since he's been talked about as a sign-and-trade candidate with the Bulls. The Lakers were still allegedly in the mix. Uh, DeRozan had a meeting with the Clippers, but they didn't have the assets that Chicago had to offer in a trade. And it turned out the money was probably too much for DeMar DeRozan to pass up three years, $85 million plus. That's a nice chunk of change for a nice player. Eight straight seasons of 20-plus points for DeMar DeRozan. Career-high 6.9 assists per game last season. Very nice. Kind of become a point forward, a little bit of a small ball forward. And like I said, after day one of free agency, the Bulls really needed a wing after bringing in Lonzo and Caruso. They got maybe the best one available who's going to be changing teams. I mean, Kawhi Leonard would be great. Don't think it's going <laughs> to don't think it's going to happen. Bulls are going to be tough to stop and probably very easy to score on. <laughs> I don't know if the fit is perfect. DeRozan, he ain't a three-point shooter. He's the best with the ball in his hands. So is Zach Levine. Nikola Vucevic used to a lot of touches as well, but the Bulls fell apart last season when Levine went into the protocols. Anytime he went to the bench, 
the offense looked terrible. And now Chicago has legitimately multiple ball handlers, multiple scorers, multiple creators for the first time in forever. The other concern, no doubt, is the price. Three years, $85 million. That's a lot. But DeRozan has interest around the league. You know, he was meeting with contenders. And as we've seen with Russell Westbrook on one of the biggest deals in the entire league, literally anybody can be traded. So I'm not worried about that from a cap space cap space standpoint. Bulls also gave up Fad Young, Al Farouk Aminu, and the big thing, a future first round pick. Combine that with the Nikola Vucevic trade. They didn't have their pick this year, 2021. They don't have their pick in 2023. They don't have their pick in 2025. I said it was a concerning for the Heat to go all in for a third seed yesterday. Bulls are all in for a fifth seed right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have liked to keep the pick, but that doesn't matter to me. The Bulls haven't made the playoffs since 2017. They tried building through the draft, and it didn't work at all. They picked seven three straight times. They picked fourth once. They've got one guy in their rotation from it. Meanwhile, you look at what the Bulls did last season. They were good for half a season. They look like a competent NBA team again. They said they want to be a free agent destination, and that's what happened right away. The best young guard in his prime who was a free agent— He switched teams. He chose the Bulls. The best wing who's going to switch teams? He chose the Bulls. They outbid the Lakers for a player they wanted to keep. That, to me, is a major change in perception around the league. The Bulls are better today than they were at the end of the season, and they're 10 times better off than they were at the start of last season. So the Bulls are trending the right way. You could even say... <laughs> oh, uh, but they've won free agency so oh, okay. far. Okay, you're not going to say yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, far, got to play the games for them to be gotta fully back. Uh, yeah, what, what do you think, Tass? Like, are they are they being too aggressive in free agency? I guess is one way to spin it. And and are like you said, TK. Like, I guess the drafting wasn't working, so that type of rebuilding. Uh, get out of here. See a picks. Uh, see a young guy. See any role player. And here's a bunch of money at, at Ball and now DeRozan. Do you like it, Tass? Or are they have they gone a little overboard? For, you know, a starting lineup that looks good, Ball, Levine, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, I assume, at the four, and then Vooch, then Cruz off the bench, Kobe White's still there, Larry Markkinen is still there, we'll see with him, but, like, where does that fall in the Eastern Conference? Like, is this a fifth or sixth seed? Uh, are they a title contender? What, what do you think about these moves, Tess? Yeah, they're dreaming for the sixth seed, it sure seems like. So, <laughs> is it, did they go overboard? They overpaid, for sure. Who were they bidding against for DeMar DeRozan three years, $85 million? You can't think of one team, really. You mentioned the Lakers there, Trey. They could have wanted him, or the Heat could have wanted him, or the Clippers, but they couldn't pay anywhere close. The salary cap is just locked up for most teams in the NBA. Anybody who wanted a a 32-year-old DeMar DeRozan, especially. Uh, So three years, 85, just it's too much. And then you tack onto that uh, first-round pick and two seconds. And a a guy who who really helped out last year in Thaddeus Young, who would help out on the defensive end. That being said, yeah, let's look at it. the bright side. They are picking a direction. Uh, they are at least not in the, the Gar Foreman era anymore. I mean, th- this is a team that's trying to win. Uh, and, and I think, you know, just like we talked about the Knicks, uh, they basically have gone all in on the team that they have. And uh, that, that's, that's what they are. Uh, this is what they're going to be for several years with, without their draft picks. So can they grow from within? I, I, think, I think, you know, all these offensive guys, all these offensive weapons, are they going to work together? I, Zach Levine is clearly still the guy. And I think playing for USA Basketball 
in a sort of a third, fourth, fifth, sixth role will help him understand that uh, he's just got to get Lonzo Ball the ball and Vooch the ball and DeMar the ball, hopefully, and then he can take over in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and hopefully mm-hmm. he likes that situation. I mean, the, the sum of the parts is, is, should be a lot better. But will they, will they all sort of work together, especially when they dropped the Triple T, uh, Thad, Tice, and Temple? Their defense is going to be <laughs> pretty bad, uh, yeah. most likely. They were 11th last year. They dropped those guys. Um, this, is, this move puts Caruso on the bench uh, because, yeah, Ball and DeMar and, and Levine have to start in that, in that backcourt. Are those guys going to stop anybody? I know Luanzo Ball is sort of classified as a good defender, but he's more of a help guy. And then you got Vooch as a backline guy. So the defense will hopefully be buoyed by a lot of offensive talent. Look at look right. at those names. They should be able to outscore some guys or outscore some teams. Um, so it's it's about them gelling. It's about Lonzo Ball being a better player than he was in New Orleans. Uh, it, it's about Zach Levine giving the ball up to DeMar and letting him create. And Vooch still getting enough touches. Uh, so, I mean, there's some ifs there, but a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, maybe, maybe, maybe teams look at the Bulls and say, "Yeah, we can, we can join them at some point." But, but they just have no assets really to to get any better. So this is that. This is them for several years. It feels like. Lee, how good is this Bulls team going to be? Well, I don't think they're better than Brooklyn or Milwaukee, or probably Philadelphia as well. Miami. 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 No. Are they better than the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, probably not, uh, based on the way the season ended last year. Um, okay, keep going. So, you know, that's, well, I'm just trying to make the best case scenario because I think, look, if a guy like DeRozan's available, I think it is a good move for the Bulls to get him. I think he's a good player. He improves that team offensively. Obviously, you guys are addressing the defensive issues. No doubt about that. But the most important thing, I think, is you've got guys, multiple guys who can go out there and score. So, so that's good for right. Billy Donovan. I actually love that it's Trey's team too, because Trey's always talking about how overrated <laughs> yeah, exactly. defense is, and he's like putting it to the test. Now. Perfect. Like, I love go. it. You guys yeah, I mean, give up a whole lot, but yeah, they should be yeah, able to score. I, a ton. Like everyone on that starting lineup uh, can can sort of shoot and score, so I think that's great. That's a great start. But yeah, like defensively, I just don't think there's big enough inside. Uh, there's enough enough presence there. So I, I don't mind it though. I think I think that I said yesterday. I think the Bulls were better yesterday than they were at the end of the season. I think they got better yesterday as well. But uh, there's still it's still you have to talk yourself into them being better than one of those certainly those top three teams in the Eastern Conference. But you just never know with those veterans there added. Uh, maybe things can come together for them quickly. So I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's fine. I think it's a good move. I think uh, Chicago giving up the picks. Yeah, not ideal, but why not? Just go for it if you can get DeRozan. I think if DeRozan, let's say he signed somewhere else and he was available and the Bulls had a chance and they missed him I think the Bulls would be disappointed if it was like what so what did they give out just one pick was it did you say mm-hmm. one first round pick and two second yeah. round picks yeah yeah I, 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 I don't mind it I, I think uh, Chicago needs to be back um, they were disappointing right. to end last season and um, now I think they're uh, I think I think they're I think the uh, ceiling for them right now is, to, is uh, home court advantage in the first round if they can get fourth seed I think that'd be a great spot for them. And I think it's in play. I think it's in play. Okay. Um, I think just the issue with all of the picks going out when you go back to the Wendell Carter Jr. trade for Vooch and then now these ones to get DeRozan, it's like when a lot of picks go out, that's okay, but you usually are hoping to get the superstar, you know, an AD, a Harden, whatever. Um, this is Vooch and DeRozan, and they are not on the level of those guys I just mentioned, but they're better than what they had there, and I'm with you. If they're, if they're the fourth or fifth seed, then this is a very successful season, and that's probably what they're, 
their goal is. I mean, to really win a first round would be huge, of course. Make the playoffs and then win a first round series. Um, but yeah, they're still a step behind the elite teams. I love DeRozan. If you haven't watched him in San Antonio, Trey said it. He's not a shooting guard. <laughs> he's power forward at this point of his career. And I assume he sort of will play that role. Like you're saying, like the wing role, a 3-4 alongside Patrick Williams there. Donovan has played three guards before in OKC. So, I mean, whatever you're calling him, he is a playmaker. He's turned into that uh, sort of a point forward. Um, and yeah, he doesn't shoot threes at all. So the spacing is uh, an issue with him always. It's just fascinating to see if this is going to work because a lot of those guys you said need the ball in their hands or that's how they've been yeah. successful. You're not putting DeRozan in the corner to space the floor. I mean, that's, uh, that's not what he's doing. Unless he's added that to his game uh, this offseason, he can suddenly hit a three uh, with some consistency. I doubt it. Uh, so this will, this will be fun to watch. But the Bulls, not officially back, but we're going to be talking about them a whole lot more, which is definitely fun for TK wearing the Bulls hat there and the gear. I can't wait. And, and uh, look, I don't think the picks and the salary cap stuff, I don't think it's going to matter. I don't actually think this is going to be the Bulls team for the next five years. Mark it here. Nikola Vucevic's contract comes up at the end of the 2023 season. You know who else's comes up at the end of the 2023 season? Nikola Jokic. Oh, wow. He's you know who scouted him and brought him over to the Denver Nuggets? He's the GM of the Chicago Bulls right now. Hmm. After you make the playoffs for a couple of years, maybe you start looking at that Chicago team in a major market with a huge Serbian population. Hmm. That could be an interesting team to play for. Uh, Bulls only get guys when they're well into their 30s, like Vooch, <laughs> Vooch and DeMar DeRozan. They got some time. How, old, how old's Lonzo Ball, the premier <laughs> perimeter player to actually switch teams this year? He's young. He's young. He is. He's in his prime. The yeah. Bulls have never prime. signed a free agent in his prime that's a young guy. Go it's, back to 2016. They signed Pau Gasol. He was 100 years old. Go back to 2010. <laughs> They cleared cap space for LeBron, Dwayne Wade, or Chris Bosh. They got Carlos Boozer and Ronnie Brewer. Go back to 2000. They cleared cap space for Tim Duncan, Grant Hill, Tracy McGrady. They got Ron Mercer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They got we some got guys. Lonzo. They got guys. They got, they they got, got guys. guys. They're going to have you an make... angry, angry dad, angry LeVar. The, the real question is Lonzo Ball because you got Zach, you got DeMar. Lonzo Ball's papa was pissed last year because... He didn't handle the ball a lot in New Orleans. What's going to happen in Chicago? That's How is he going to adapt? Is he just going to play right. off the ball and, and do that again? Because I'm sure when Lonzo got to the Bulls and there was no DeMar, things were looking uh, somewhat good. He's going to be the point guard beside Zach Levine. But now things are a little different. I hope it what? all gels. We'll see. We'll see. Let's keep it going here. Uh, Lakers made a whole bunch of moves. Uh, they added another old guy. Carmelo Anthony, we called that one. I mean, you could see that coming a mile away. He is finally going to play with LeBron James there in L.A., but they made some other moves. Signed Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, and then re-signed uh, Talon Horton Tucker. Tassie, uh, what do you make of all these Lakers moves here? The old, the old guys got another old guy, but then added some youth here. Yeah, Carmelo Anthony on a minimum deal. This is, this is a weird world we're living in. This is year number 19 for Carmelo frickin' Anthony. And... and he had his career high in three-point percentage last year. I think it's, it's easy to forget that, a 40.9. So that's what he's going to do. He's just going to sit off the ball and be ready to fire away. Taylor Horton Tucker, they needed to sign. The guy they wouldn't give up for uh, Kyle Lowry at the trade deadline last year had to sign him. And Malik Monk, uh, he is an interesting guy. He is the you know the typical sixth man. Just get hot, buddy. Uh, he is, uh, you know, a J.R. Smith light that LeBron brought over when he was in Cleveland. Brought him over from the Knicks. He's going to be a six-man. He shot 40% from three last year. 
multiple games where he was on fire. Three, four, five, six, seven threes, a couple 30-point games, but he doesn't do that consistently. I say all that about the offense. Bell's going to score. Monk's going to score. But are they going to stop anybody? It's kind of like the Bulls. You know, they they just got to light it up. Like the defense, especially amongst the littles, the guards, this is their sort of their littles rotation. Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, Kendrick Nunn, and Malik Monk. Alex Crusoe would be real nice right now. Uh, But I I think that if you look at their lineup here uh, of of Russell Westbrook starting alongside probably Wayne Ellington, LeBron, AD, Marcus Soule, likely their starting center with a bench of now this very new team of Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Taylor Horton Tucker, Trevor Reza, Mello, and Dwight Howard. They're old farts, no doubt. Um, (laughs) Will they be able to move defensively? Who knows? Uh, And and will will they be able to even even get enough spacing with those shooters. Like Wayne Ellington it's, is their best shooter, uh, but is he going to play? It's, it's, it's a strange mix of guys. It's, it's got to play out on the floor. They've had bad shooting years before and still gone to the finals a couple of years ago. That's how good LeBron and AD are. But LeBron is uh, getting a little bit older. Westbrook's going to shrink that space even more. Uh, it, I, they improved offensively, uh, defensively is a question, and they just yeah they just can't keep getting older. I think the best thing to come out of yesterday was Fred Katz's tweet when he tweeted, "The Lakers just traded Pope, then signed Monk and Nunn. Next up, bringing Brian Cardinal out of retirement. Wow, that's yeah. a good tweet. That's Christianity FTW right there. So that's uh, that's that's the stuff we're looking for. I, I can't wait to see it play out on the floor." Um, but yeah, they're, just, they're, just, they're going to rely on just guys chuck it, like Malik Monk coming off the bench <laughs> and just firing away, trying to get you 25. Because Westbrook's going to, you know, he's going to play the El Toro just to say, here, go by me. You know, and he's beside him, it's going to be Wayne Ellington or Kendrick Nunn. Like they, I know Anthony Davis is a great defender, but I'm really looking forward to seeing if AD and LeBron can whip these guys into shape on that end. Right, right. If, yeah, I mean, would you bet Lee on the. Lakers having the number one defense in the league again, no like they did last year. No way. No way at if they, all. If uh, they do give AD Defensive Player of the Year, I think right now. Yeah, but, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, what do you I, think of I, these moves? I, well, these moves yesterday, uh, Malik Monk, a younger player, Horton Tucker, obviously also young, and Nunn, also youngish, is sort of <laughs> saved them a little bit because I don't like their moves other than that at all. I don't think – no way uh, Rob Palinka saw Dwight Howard in the playoffs or Trevor Ariza last year. Those guys are washed. Dwight, I thought, was really good in the championship he won for the Lakers yeah. coming off the bench playing that role. But he barely got off the court, uh, off the bench against the uh, Hawks in that second-round series. And when he came out, he was clumsy. He was fouling guys. He just couldn't seem to do what they needed him to do, which was catch a few lobs, grab a few rebounds, and block a few shots. He's, I think he's washed too, so I don't like those moves. Melo, yeah, you, what we saw from Portland, he's going to come out there. He's going to hit a few threes. Okay, that's fine, him coming off the bench. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I think they are going to miss Caruso. If you look at, if you could swap uh, Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn and Horton Tucker for Caruso, I think they'd do that because he was giving them even better defense. Uh, I, think I don't think like, they would do that because couldn't they have done that? Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's the thing. That's the Caruso thing has is, suddenly turned into like the greatest player in the league. Well, I thought he's it was not, just Lakers fans that did that. Why is everybody saying it now? He's good. Listen, he's not Car- amazing. Uh, but Caruso understood his role and what was needed from him on that team. Um, Kendrick Nunn, you know, he's okay. He can shoot. He can get hot too. I think he hit nine threes in his very mm-hmm. first game. Uh, but defensively, he doesn't really do anything for that team. And Malik Monk's the same. It's like if he does catch fire, as Trey mentioned, uh, Tass mentioned there, yeah, sure. Oh, that's great, but that comes around every four or five games. So uh, I don't know what, yeah, how often. You, and Wayne Ellington, man, I didn't even know he's still in the league. So uh, the man I with think the golden the, arm. 
<laughs> I honestly, I honestly don't, Wino? I don't think it was a great offseason. The Westbrook trade was a splashy trade. You know, oh, yeah. you got Westbrook, you know, the $44 million guy. You come in, he's a, you know, the triple double man. But I just, I'm like, doesn't LeBron work best when he's got guys around who can rely on to shoot? Um, oh. And I, I see these guys as yeah. being like from time to time being able to do it. I don't see Westbrook being able to do that. Um, so I, I don't. I think the Lakers honestly took a step back. I, I saw some people saying they had a great off season. I don't think they did. I, like I say, Ariza was disgusting <laughs> against uh, Milwaukee. He was. He was yeah, absolutely I brutal. Well, I, uh, so what's he getting to watch team? Marc Gasol in the uh, Olympic Games? Too. That's the other thing, Marc Gasol. That, you there. said it, Tass, that you think he's starting. I thought the whole thing here was everybody sat down and had brunch together, and AD said, "Okay, I'll play the five. LeBron said, "I'll play the four. and Westbrook said, "Okay, let's go." Like. I mean, I think I think this next season everyone lies at brunch, man. Anthony Davis. Everyone lies at brunch. <laughs> I, 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 Everybody's I, I, got a mimosa in them, and just out there. Yeah. You know, Russell Westbrook on that team. If he's like, okay, uh, I'm just going to have to attack the rim because he can't he can't go on the perimeter. He certainly can't do that. But if he can if he can attack, I mean, if you look at it as the best case scenario, Westbrook could absolutely uh, you know score a lot. But uh, I I just don't think defensively they're anywhere near as strong as they were, and. Um, mm-hmm. I just I sort of look at the floor and I'm like, oh man, if Ariza's out there or if Dwight's out there, that they're they're losing those minutes. Old people. No, I'm telling you, they were bad. They were terrible. You're gonna so, watch uh, M Night Shyamalan's movie, Old Lee. <laughs> hey, listen, it, it catches up with you very quickly, age, and, and it shows. And as as we were talking about with Brent Barry there dark. yesterday, you thought you were still hanging around the league. All of a sudden, you're like, oh man, I'm done. And uh, a couple of those players on the Lakers are done. Okay, okay. So Lee's not a fan. Uh, TK, anything to add to these moves that they did do yesterday in, d- in D2? They had to keep Taylor Horton Tucker. It was yeah. their only young piece left. They need his upside. They really need him to kind of seize. I guess he'll probably be their sixth man. I mean, honestly, who knows with the Lakers. They'll probably go through a lot of sixth men, but he needs to actually show... Uh, show him something and fulfill on his promise. Uh, they needed the shooting. They're getting that from Nunn and Monk. We need uh, Malik Monk to prove that he's really a 40% shooter, not a 33% shooter, to be that J.R. Smith that everybody loves. And, you know, I got to gotta give the Lakers a little tip of the cap. They got four Chicago guys now, and Anthony Davis, THT, Kendrick Nunn, and I think Alfonso McKinney is still technically on the roster, also a Chicago guy. That's how you win an NBA championship. The more Illinois boys you got, the better okay. chance. Okay, yeah. uh, let's uh, slip one more in here before we take our first break. But we got a bunch of other minor deals to talk about. The Sixers, uh, Lily, signed Andre Drummond to a one-year minimum deal. Wow. I mean, you want to talk about time, how quickly things can change, Lily. Uh, but what do you think about Drummond here? He is still only 27 years old. Can you believe that? He feels older for one. Yeah. But this is a guy who's a two-time All-Star. I think he's a two-time All-NBA too. Uh, Maybe only one-time All-NBA. But anyway, like, this is a guy who the Pistons could only get a second-round pick in return from a couple of years ago. Cleveland tried to trade him last year. There was no interest. He went to the Lakers and didn't really work out there last season. Couldn't do anything in the playoffs for them. And now he's a backup in Philadelphia on the vet minimum. Like, wow. How has he gone so bad so quickly? Um, he did, He look, he didn't, I, I thought, I remember at the start of last season with the Sexland, I thought he was actually playing really well for Cleveland. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought this is a nice role for him here, nice opportunity. And now he's just 
basically just wasting away because it's like nobody values what he brings. And I think a part of it is his own problem that he hasn't really shown that he can be either a very consistent lockdown, you know, rim protecting defender, I think, because his defense isn't quite as good as it should be. Mm -hmm. And then on the offensive end as well, you know, he still likes to sort of settle a little bit. He's tried to add the three-pointer to his game. Not really working all that well, but um, now he's going to... <laughs> work the, on the, the great... two-pointer, man. <laughs> he's, listen, he, that's, that's what I mean. He's, work on the one-pointer. Work, work on, on, the work on anything, line. yeah. Uh, but the great thing is, he and Joel Embiid have had some uh, beef in the past. There was a lot of great tweets yeah. going around there yeah. yesterday where Joel Embiid was saying, you know, I, I live in his head rent-free and all that stuff. But I think so from comedical uh, point of view, <laughs> is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> From a comedic standpoint, it's going to be hilarious to see those two guys together. But uh, I mean, I would rather him. Over, I would rather have him over Dwight in Philadelphia because it's, you, you still feel at, at 27 there's some positivity to come out of his career. But, uh, I guess age hasn't caught up to him. Yet. Well, it hasn't because he's not old enough yet. You can't catch up when you're only 27. So, um, but, but he, he looks old. Be, he should have been, as a free agent this season, been one of those guys, someone signed him to a five-year, $140 million deal or something. You know, he should have been. That's where his yeah. career was a few years ago. But now it's like, anybody want Andre Drummond? And the Sixers like, yeah, sure, we'll take him. I mean, there's nobody competing for him. So it, it's, it's a shocker to see that he's just fallen in such a hole. Wow, we got a lot of uh, a lot of sounds going on. I can hear Wilbur. Yeah, he's I've got, trying to get out. They're taking a tree down, like two doors down from me. We shouldn't have done a show today. I, I know we should have taken it off, uh, but it's very comedic. Oh, come on, yeah. come on. Yeah, it's comedical, as Mr. Alan Jan says. Comedology. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. TK, anything to add to Andre Drummond going to the Sixers here in a backup role? Not really, Skeets. I'm ready to get out of here like Wilbur, trying to escape the room <laughs> as soon as we started talking about mm. Andre Drummond. The man is the NBA's bag of beans. He was traded from the Pistons to the Cavs for a bag of beans. Yeah. We thought maybe the Cavs are going to be able to get a first-rounder. Nope. Waved him. It was a buyout for the Lakers. That's a bag of beans. Now he's going to the Philadelphia 76ers. Another bag of beans. Andre Bag of Beans Drummond. <laughs> All right. It is, it is weird that they got two monsters at the center position when got, teams are going you know, somewhat smaller. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you want a little bit of a change it up with well, uh, your backup I mean, position? Joel Embiid's going to miss 10 to 20 yes, games. That's what he's so, there for. There you go, he's, there to, he's there to eat up minutes, no doubt. Yeah. Just like he was supposed to do that with the Lakers last year. He could have been their starting center. He could have earned a monstrous contract uh, eating minutes. And, and that's why I think the Lakers are going to keep going with Gasol and Dwight Howard because they don't want uh, Anthony Davis's legs to get worn down. They don't want LeBron's legs to get worn down. Same thing in Philadelphia. Joel Embiid's probably just got to sit a ton. Uh, to be as fresh as possible in the postseason so he's not playing on one leg. That's mm -hmm. what Drummond is there for. And hopefully he plays a lot. But, yeah, hopefully he gets a little bit more focused. Dunk it. Do you Score think Maury texted or called Joel Embiid before this signing? It was like, hey, I know you had some, uh, some back and forth with uh, Andre Drummond, but we're thinking of uh, adding him to the team. He's going real cheap right now. We can get him for basically nothing. You think you ran it by him, TK? Yeah. Probably. Here's how the phone call went. Hey, uh, Joel, it's Daryl. Remember last year, you said that you live rent-free in Andre Drummond's head. How would you like to have him living rent-free in your home? <laughs> we just signed him. Got a bunk bed he can stay in? All right. Call me back. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> 
really commit to the business. That was like, great. Well, I, talking about other things. Yeah, yeah. Was, we're trying did to, Joel pick up? Yeah, we're trying to trade him. We, we, nobody <laughs> wants him. We're asking for everything. Nobody yeah. wants him. Did Joel uh, pick up there? Because midway through, it felt like a voicemail. <laughs> But I wasn't sure. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a voicemail. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Bean's busy, man. He's out having fun right now. It's the summer. He's okay. a one-word guy, though. He could have snuck it in. That could have been a conversation, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a break, and then we'll get to uh, John Collins signing uh, his big deal with the Hawks and some of our other favorite minor deals from day two of free agency. But we got to pay the bills here. TK, what do you got? Oh, man. I was actually going to go and let Wilbur out of the <laughs> out of the room. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. And we uh, learned yesterday that Lily very excited for this uh, sweepstakes here, I guess. This chance yeah. to go to the Open, watch some mm. golf. You love mm. golf, don't you, Lee? Well, I love going to golf. It's one of those sports that uh, you can watch the majors. Other than that, it's a little tough. A little tough to watch golf, you know. Tennis is the same, you know. Uh, Davis Cup is a little bit different, I suppose. But uh, outside of the majors, uh, you know, it's it's just a little hard to get too excited. But no, we had a we just had the tournament, the men's tournament, while the Olympics were going on here in Atlanta. So not the best of uh, competition here. Oh, the tennis, the yeah. Atlanta Open. They have it down at Atlantic Station down yeah, there, basically yeah. the car park. It's like, yeah, no wonder it no one, no, one no, no wonder no one wants to come and play here. Yeah, it's like six hundred degrees in the car park. It's a temporary venue. Like, come on, this is a this is supposed to be a big city. We should at least have a decent tennis court, uh, you know, arena to be able to put up a tournament. Never going to get a major player to come down if that's the condition. So it's a nice car park, though. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, look, if you're talking car, you want to talk car parks? I think it is a really nice car park. I agree. <laughs> they do a lot there. They have concerts there. They've got the uh, yeah. yeah, like a circus. They yeah, throw, exactly. Throw up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. banging. Yeah. Yeah, but that that court I think is uh, is sort of up all the time. They just kind of repaint it just before the the, the players who do turn up play oh, them. Uh, but no, yeah. I'm not sure about that. But no? I don't think they take it down. Yeah, no, no but I think the court is constantly there, isn't it? It's actually there. There are. I think you're thinking of some other courts, uh, but yeah. yeah. That are nearby. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they may well, they, Station. Hey, they may as well have the tournament up at Underwood Hills where we play basketball. Those courts are uh, as good as the ones down there at uh, Atlantic Station. <laughs> and, we got uh, some players here. You had the uh, crazy Australian Greek guy. I can call him crazy. Uh, uh, Nick Kyrios. Uh, Kyrios. Yeah, he yeah. was here. Was he? Yeah, I think oh. so. Maybe. maybe, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I don't cool. know. It's you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jumping on Ticketmaster for that one. 
<laughs> Standing room only? Ah, oh, no, drive past only. Yeah, drive by. <laughs> you oh, who's playing to there? DPO yeah, tickets. Drive yeah. by. Who's playing number 358 in the world versus the number 264 in the world? Okay. How dare you? Jesus. How dare you? <laughs> they had some guys there, I'm telling you. Cor- Who? Nori? British guy? Oh, oh British, oh. Hmm. <laughs> Nah, never heard of him. Okay. <laughs> uh, His Jordan number Hollins, three, guys, right? agreed to a five-year, $125 million deal with the Hawks. This was breaking news uh, right before we jumped on. So, Lee, I mean, we don't have to go long on this. We thought Collins would ultimately stay in Atlanta. What do you think of the money here? Not bad there for John Collins. God, I think the Hawks got a bargain, to be honest. I think, uh, I think that's not bad. $25 million a year? Uh, that's very, very palatable. Uh, John Collins is uh, is a player who, in his second season, was like a twenty and ten guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't necessarily need him to even be that. They need him to be the guy they had in the playoffs, where he was an impactful player without necessarily putting up huge numbers. I yep. think he and Trey Young have a good connection there. John Collins can spread the floor a little bit. John Collins can catch those oops. John Collins plays defense, so he doesn't really have a weakness. John Collins, other than you won't, you don't necessarily want him to be your 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 first guy on offense. You want him to be your sort of second or third guy. He actually his mid range game as well in the playoffs was really solid. So uh, I think the Hawks got a very good price here for John Collins. I think he could have gotten more, but he stays. They drafted him. I think he and Trey have got a, uh, a good chem- chemistry and connection there. So I think this is a very, very good move. I think smart move by him and his agents, too, to wait for uh, day two and watch Jared Allen sign for, what, five years, $100 million, and uh, sort of maybe set the market for him a little bit. Hey, I'm better than him. Uh, I've already uh, contributed to a playoff team and stuff like that. Maybe get a little bit more money if that came into, uh, into the equation. TK, anything to add? Going to buy a lot of tickets to the Atlanta Open. That's <laughs> true. A lot of cars for that car park. Yeah, that's right. But uh, this is nice. As, uh, Collins turned down, what, a $90 million deal before the season. Halfway through the season, it looked like, uh-oh, that might have been a bit of a misfire there, yep. Johnny. But then in the second half, he turned it on. The Hawks got good, and he looked incredible in the playoffs. Like Lee said, Collins could be a 20-10 and 10 guy. I know that I feel like... Some of us may have picked him as a first-time All-Star heading into the 1920 season, so you know the talent is there. There's still, I think, a little bit of room for growth, and maybe playing alongside Trey Young, he gets even better as he gets further into his career. But what he gives the Hawks from a production standpoint and from a glue guy standpoint, smart move to bring him back. That's a good PowerPoint presentation for coaches trying to get guys to play team ball because, yeah, in that 1920 season, John Collins was 21-10. and And then he turned down that, that, that big, big offer. And then the next season here in Atlanta, 17 and 7. In the playoffs, 14 and 9. He's 14 and 9 just now, uh, but then gets paid 25 mil uh, because he was absolutely a grinder. Uh, yeah, he, he played he defense, just, hit timely played, shots. Yeah, oh, played yeah. hard, didn't shoot a lot. Uh, it, and yeah, his, his, his numbers came down, but yeah, he just helped out in every facet of the game. And. I hope he's willing to do that for the future because that's what makes the Hawks really good. They need mm-hmm. him uh, to be that because they need they need uh, you know some some physical bodies along with all that incredible offense they have. Day two of NBA free agency. We've talked about a lot of the uh, sort of bigger moves and Drummond, uh, who's a bag of beans. <laughs> but favorite minor deal 
A lot of other ones, Lee. What do you want to pick or highlight here for everybody that's joining us on the stream team and listening to the podcast? Well, I'll play the homer card here and say that Paddy Mills going to Brooklyn two years, $12 million. That's second year as a player option as well. I think that's pretty good for Brooklyn. I think it gives them a very solid, reliable guy coming off the bench. Uh, I think it's five seasons in a row. Paddy's hit 153s off the bench for uh, San Antonio. That's what Brooklyn needs. Basically, someone to come out there uh, and just keep that offense flowing. He'll play, obviously, behind Harden and uh, Kyrie Irving. But when if one of those or when one of those guys gets injured and misses a game or two, Paddy could potentially even slot into that starting lineup. So you get a good veteran there. He's got a bit of a relationship with Sean Marks, the GM of uh, Brooklyn because they were teammates in San Antonio or uh, I don't know if they were teammates but uh, Sean Marks was there in San Antonio when Paddy was there uh, so I think this is great I, I think this is a good uh, a good signing here for Brooklyn and Paddy keeps a little bit of uh, a power there as well to hold on to that second year option at mm-hmm. uh, six million a year I think that's a steal I talked yesterday about Furkan Korkmaz getting five million over three years or five million per over three years I think, uh, you know, that's that's the thing. I think Furkan could be better than Paddy Mills because he's a bit younger. But uh, Paddy's got the the runs on the board right now. He's got the scoreboard. And uh, I think it's a good move for Brooklyn because they gave up. They, they didn't re-sign Mike James or Chiosa. So they had a spot there. And uh, Paddy slots into that perfectly. Yeah, Brown coming back to the Nets too. It's going to mm-hmm. be a little awkward though when uh, Paddy Mills beats his uh, new teammate tonight. Uh in Kevin Durant, right, Lee? That could get a little <laughs> little dicey when Australia shocks the world and beats Team yeah. USA. I don't know what happens then. Maybe he'll be off the team. But, yeah, yeah this maybe is... Uh, the, maybe that's why Popovich doesn't want to uh, hang on to Paddy. He's like, you, can't, you, yeah. just keep, you just keep beating me. He's, he's, mm. uh, he's beaten him the last two times they've played, so... Interesting. Yeah, that, that's a gr- great move. Um, I'm sure you like this one, too, Tass, the, the Paddy Mills signing there and the Nets having what looks to appears to be, like you talked about Blake Griffin, him coming back on the vet minimum yesterday. They got a fine bench for a squad that's obviously top heavy still with their stars it is pretty crazy sean marks uh, the team that he's building yeah i got i got the hots for this team no doubt uh able i mean it is about relationships yeah sean marks has a relationship with patty mills kevin durant said after the season uh to blake griffin we want you back and blake griffin the dude comes back on a minimum contract i said yesterday that it was had to be larger than a minimum deal blake griffin was the second best player after Harden and Kyrie went down on the Brooklyn Nets. He was just steady. And now he's coming back for a minimum deal. If he can be the fourth best player with Harden and Kyrie back, then they're stacked. Yeah, Patty, along with Javon Carter as their, their backups uh, at the guard spot. Blake, Bruce Brown on the minimum. And James Johnson, who they just signed. Now, James Johnson is a guy, uh, bounced around the league a lot. Uh, he could be one of those guys that plays with like 12 teams when all oh, is said yeah. and done. Yep. Uh, but they signed him specifically to guard one guy. If the Nets play the Bucs, he's going to guard Giannis Tetacumpo. Going to get some minutes there. That's that's what he does. He is a, a mixed martial artist, so he knows how to defend himself. I mean, I think that's what it's all about. It's just about getting in Giannis's way. And uh, as a friend of the program, Bucks aficionado Frank Madden pointed out, Giannis was younger then, but not sure any duo frustrated him more than the James Johnson-Hassan Whiteside combo in Miami a few years back. James Johnson's just good at being a jerk. He could be what P.J. Tucker was for the Bucks against Kevin Durant for, mm-hmm. you know, for uh, some minutes there against uh, Yanni. So that's why he's there. He's 34. Hopefully he has something left because he is getting pretty old. He was in New Orleans uh, chipping in last year. But, yeah, if he's their P.J. Tucker, if, he can, if they get to the finals, because it sure seems like we we're destined for Nets, Lakers, he'll probably play some minutes against Anthony Davis as well uh, just to, to get in people's way. But... Yeah, Sean Marks, that's, that's pretty incredible for me uh, after, yeah, as you said, the, the, the top three 
ridiculously heavy. And then Blake Griffin probably going to start for you at a minimum contract. Bruce Brown could be starting at a minimum contract. And then, uh, yeah, a bunch yeah. of bench guys chipping in. Trey, what do you have for a, a minor deal from day two that you like? Well, Jeff Green isn't getting that all-time team's record too easily because Ish Smith signed <laughs> with the Hornets. Yep. That'll be his 12th team, and I'm guessing it's going to be his favorite team. He was apparently born in Charlotte, played his high school and college basketball in North Carolina, and I think he'll fit alongside uh, LaMelo, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. The Hornets played their best when they were playing super fast. That's what Ish Smith is the best at, is playing fast. Uh, so I think he'll be a solid uh, third or fourth guard for them. And the good thing for Ish Smith is he signed his deal, $4.5 million for one year with a team option for the second year, which means he might be able to find team number 13 next summer, mm. which would put him in the lead, right? Yep. He could even sign with the Denver Nuggets alongside Jeff Green. Number 13, alongside Jeff Green. Sounds too good to be true. So, yeah, Ish Smith, keeping the ticker counting. couple deals I liked. Uh, Rudy Gay signing with the Jazz is solid. Uh, I think it's two years, 12 million-ish, uh, 12.1, I think, officially. Um, you know, he's, a, he's basically a backup big at this point of his career, but he's still solid, so I don't mind that for them. And I also like Markeith Morris going to the Heat. Uh, now, you're hoping for 2020 bubble, Morris, not 2021, Morris, when it comes to at least shooting, because he was bad last year, 31% from deep. But if you remember in the bubble down in Florida, he was awesome. He shot 42% from three uh, in that playoff run for the Lakers in the championship run. So I like it. Obviously, it's not a lot of money here. We talked about the Heat having a bunch of spots to fill and basically only the vets minimum to throw at guys. And, well, one of them's filled here, I think, in a pretty good player in uh, Markeith Morris. So I like both of those. Obviously, vets that are big play a little defense, and, you know, both of these guys can uh, obviously score a little bit. can score in bunches, at least, and you're just hoping, again, with Morris that it's more from 2020 and not last year where it sort of fell off a cliff, like 31%. Ugh. It was sort of falling out of the rotation there. Don't know if you saw this one, Skeets, but uh, mm -hmm. the Jazz, along with Rudy Gay, picked up Hassan Whiteside. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in case they ever run into Giannis in the NBA Finals. I heard he was one of the best defenders against him in the past. I know you like that story. I know you like old stories. I love it. Yeah. Uh, all, another great fit, Robin Lopez signing with the Orlando Magic. Yep. Best yeah, free agency, if you ask me. Yep, he's got to be happy about that. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about uh, the Kings getting Len. <laughs> and now, now the Jazz getting white side. <laughs> uh, but what about whatever. the Spurs, though? I mean, the Spurs offseason has been pretty bad. It seems like they've lost everybody. I mean, DeRozan's gone, Rudy Gay's gone, Patty Mills is gone. Doug McDermott and Zach Collins. That's what I mean. Yeah, what's, uh, what's the Jock Landale <laughs> scouting report? Yeah, well, Jock Jock has a 40-foot shot. Uh, no, it doesn't quite, but uh, yeah, he's... Uh, Wait, is that, a, is that a children's... Is that a reference? <laughs> Fable? John Josh has a 40-foot shot. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, he, he's good player. Explain he's good. this guy for people who have no, no idea he's Australian, he's Australian big. Yeah. Um, I, I'm surprised he hasn't been in the NBA before, actually. Or, or maybe he was on a roster, a summer league roster there. But uh, yeah, he'll provide... Uh, a little bit of offense to that team and a little bit of defense as well. He's obviously playing well for Australia right now. Uh, no, no, it's not, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, he's not, he's not going to move the needle all it's that much. Play basketball. But, 
two-year deal. So uh, nice to have another Australian in the league. It's great. He, he won uh, MVP of something, right? Of the NBL. Of the NBL, was he? Was he of a tournament. A tournament. Oh. I don't know, something. Grand final MVP. Grand final. Oh, that's the final series. Yeah, like that finals mm. MVP. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, Sounds good uh, to me. But you don't yeah. like what the Spurs have done overall here. Well, like. overall, I think they they seem to have not really improved overall. Right. I mean, losing all those veterans, as I mentioned, Patty and Rudy and DeRozan, and and it was fine. You know, you have to move on from those guys as well because they weren't uh, a playoff team anyway. But uh, I don't know. It just sort of seems that the the sort of the Spurs always used to be able to just you know somehow become a better team, and now they've got their young players, of course, uh, Derek White and uh, Dejounte Murray and. Keldon uh, Johnson there, so yeah, they're leading maybe, into the youth. That's the thing. Maybe they're just saying, "All right, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna start fresh here." But uh, it always just felt like the Spurs would somehow figure out a way to get better. But I don't think they have so far. Maybe they get Markinen. Even that's a bit of a long shot right now. As far as uh, I mean, what's his status? He's a restricted free agent, isn't he, with mm-hmm. Chicago? Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, we'll go just back to that jock jock line you had. What is that? Is it a kid's story? Yeah, or? you haven't heard. Oh. No, it's it's yeah. It's oh, no, I haven't heard it. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, no, I won't. I won't say it on air. But if you know it, you know it. If you don't, then I'll say it. I'll wait till we're off air. <laughs> <laughs> what a tease! So it's not a kid's story. Yeah. It must not be good. Well, we used to say it. As, we used to say it as kids, but uh... <laughs> so jock jock's got a forty foot cock. I assume. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. <laughs> you can say it. I mean. <laughs> We're not going to get cancelled for saying that, I don't think. I, I hope not. <laughs> well, you, you said it. I didn't say it. <laughs> That's his name, eh? Jock. Wow. Yeah. yeah. An athlete with by the name of Jock. Yeah. It's good. It's good. <laughs> but I've never seen it coming. Um, all right. We uh, have some other news here. A little jersey talk. In celebration of the NBA's 75th anniversary season, Nike unveiled new Nike NBA Classic Edition uniforms, uh, recognizing three franchises that have been part of the league since the beginning. The Celtics, the Knicks, and the Golden State Warriors, who were fo- first known as the Philadelphia Warriors, were showing uh, the three jersey set here to everybody on the stream team, everybody watching on YouTube, uh, JD sort of cycling through them. TK, what do you think of these? Are you, are you a fan of this? In general, I'm a fan of these. I really like the Knicks and the Celtics. I like uh, that they have kind of made these extra shimmery uh you know i guess that's what it was supposed to look like in the 1940s and 1950s also the early 2000s if we're being honest i love that they included fake belt loops on the shorts i think that's hilarious i would have gone the full boat and gone for actual loops but that's probably a hard sell in 2021 the only thing i don't like i don't think they should have done a warriors one the team moved yeah. This is like a Philadelphia jersey that they're using, and they made it into a Golden State-looking one. It's just not the same to me as the Knicks and the Celtics, who have obviously stayed where they started. I guess you almost have to do this. Uh, the Philadelphia Warriors won the first championship of the BAA way back when, so I can understand why they're doing it, especially since people are going to be watching the Warriors. But... That one is a clear number three to me after the Knicks and the Celtics, just because of the history of those two teams starting in the BAA way back when, staying there, staying with their team names, staying with their same right. looks, basically. A little bit different than the Warriors. Yeah, where are the Huskies, Taz? Yeah. Where's the Toronto version? What's going on here? They played the first uh, official first game, right? Game. That's the next. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of weird. That is weird. And those are nice jerseys. They've come out many times. They have been very shimmery. Uh, they've been uh, sweet throwbacks. I've liked them a lot. Uh, the Huskies, the, the, the Huskies, ones, yeah. the Toronto yeah. Huskies. Yes, many Toronto fans during the dark days wanted the Raptors to go back 
to the name of the Toronto Huskies because they're white and blue as well. They would match the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would just just be some brand synergy there, but uh, not no mo. But it's a nice throwback. It's a very nice throwback. Yeah. Uh, Lee, what do you think of these jerseys here, this idea? You fan of I love, yeah, I love the shorts especially. I could really see myself wearing a pair of those ones around. Uh, maybe not the Celtics <laughs> ones, but the Warriors and the Knicks ones for sure because uh, basketball shorts are so comfortable. Yeah, oh, yeah, they look awesome. I mean, you roll up to the uh, Underwood Hills to uh, play in those ones, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I would love to wear those shorts and drive by uh, Atlanta <laughs> Open. Tennis oh, match. yeah, those shorts would be great to turn up in uh, for some outdoor pickup hoops. Oh, cool uh, shorts, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not, what do you think about the Nike logo slapped on these? Uh, the little Nike sportswear, I guess, logo on all three of these. Yeah, we, we notice Nike. We see what you're doing here. Yeah. Ah. Just like it was in 1940. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, at least they did an old school Nike logo. That's true. Yeah. Get away from them. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I, overall, I am a fan of these. I think they look pretty good. For the 75th anniversary season, that's what they're, uh, they'll be celebrating there. Let us know. Thumbs up or thumbs down on uh, those jerseys there. Hold on. I'm, the I'm dumb. Yeah. I'm dumb. So these teams are going to wear them no, I don't know. every I guess, once, I in, guess a, they'll once wear in a blue them. moon. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Eight mm-hmm. times. I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll have to check the, uh, the locker room app or whatever the heck that is that tracks <laughs> all these things. I'll talk to Paul Lucas offline. We'll get an answer. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's take uh, our final break here, and then uh, Tass has Tweet of the Night. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, what if you had an extra hour in your day? What would you do? Mm. Get some shots up. Yeah. <laughs> Bake a cake. Sure. <laughs> Go for a run. Me, I'm getting some dinks in. Thank you very much. Uh, all, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had some more time. The question is, time for what? What if time was unlimited? How would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma or guys who get nicknamed the skedaddler. <laughs> if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, 
Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NoDunks. Okay, back with No Dunks here. We're going to get to Tweet of the Night in a second. But I just got an email from, I don't know, what's this guy's name? BetMGM. It's yeah. from BetMGM. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it has the odds for tonight's Australia versus USA game. Mm. And I bring this up because on yesterday's show, we uh, had a little bet made between the American TK and the Australian Lily over this game. I came up with the line. I just like, I don't know what it is. I'm going to say the Americans are favored by eight and a half. The line is 12th is what I'm seeing here. So you know, not that far off, but the loser of this bet between these two guys, the cover's coming into play. I guess we're using, are we using my line or do you want to like go no, to the yeah, official keep line? Your line? Keep your line. That was what we agreed on. Okay, so okay, keep that, respect, yeah. man, respect. Um, the loser is going to have to sing... I guess a country song of the other person's choice. Is that right? Is that what we ultimately decided on? A, a song from the country. Oh. Of the other person's oh. choice. A country's song, okay. if you will. Uh, <laughs> so I sense. forget what Lee said uh, mine was. K-Sand. Chain Chisel? K-Sand by Cold Chisel, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link to it after the show. Uh, uh, thanks. I'm not yeah. going to need to open it, but I appreciate that. Uh, meanwhile, you should be getting ready with uh, John Mellencamp's Little ditty about Jack and Dave. Oh yes, funny. I'm always ready yeah. for that, actually. So, uh, <laughs> fact, the perfect. You don't fact, even need I, the lyrics, do you? Uh, yeah, no. I was watching. I went to uh, see John Mellencamp here in at, uh, Atlanta. Of course, at the uh, quick drive-by car Chastain, park. No, the Chastain Amphitheater. <laughs> yeah, and, it's a good place. Uh, yeah, that's I perfect I re- for a drive-by. <laughs> that's a great place to watch John Mellencamp. And uh, <laughs> I actually recorded Jack and Diane when he sung that there. So I was, <laughs> I was looking back. Cool at story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I never understood why you're one of these people filming the songs. Yeah, 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 just enjoy I know, the I moment, man. It yeah, well, like I do. No, no. Listen, I've I've said this before. I don't sit there with the camera like this. I sit with it like this, so I'm still sort of like you know, swaying. <laughs> but why are you recording it? What are you going to do with it? Well, it's. I'm glad I recorded it on this time because John Mellencamp got the crowd to sing, and the and the crowd got it wrong, and John Mellencamp got upset at the crowd. So he said, wait, 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 wait. What they say, Jock anyway. and Diane by accident? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, sh- I'll show it to you if you want. I'll, I'll show it to you, but it's a, it's a great moment there for uh, us John Mellencamp fans. Yeah, sure. For camp heads. I mean, I'm that glad is- you recorded that, Mellon too. Yeah. <laughs> you that moment. Well, I, I, figured, I figured you pulled in uh, or, or showed up with your little tripod, Lee, because it's a, it's a great venue. You get you can have a little table there. You can just mm. put the tripod on. I know you're like rolling with your tripod. You can just put I the do. tripod right down there, click record, yeah, and then just watch the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. I do, I do love to take the tripod because uh, it is great when you can set it up like that. Problem is, though, at a concert, you know, you've got a few yahoos who like, you know, sort of they can't sit still or stand still, whatever they're doing, they're moving around. So you have to sort of be ready to move around the camera as well. But if you're having fun, I don't mind. It's fine. Uh, you're doing the chili dogs version though, right? Uh, I don't really want to do that one. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't, that, that one can't be replicated, you know? 
Mm. I think just a bad version of John Mellencamp would be better, I think. So we'll see. Maybe I won't even have to do it at all. Who knows? Okay. Everybody bring your tripods tomorrow to film this. (laughs) Uh, When we find out who will be singing, at least. Okay, the line's eight and a half. That's the Skeets line. Uh, Americans got to win by nine or more. Of course, uh, uh, Lee's going to agree to that. I mean, it's smaller than the actual line. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Uh, but well, anyways, yeah, they, it should be. Good. Well, it's an easier cover for the U.S. too, right? The yeah. line is 12. Yeah, exactly. That's why Lee said, no, give me that line. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, the Americans are going to win by 20 points. That's Ooh. it. Done. There you go. What, should be fun. No, we're going eight and a half because uh, yeah. I that's want it to be like a nine point win or something. All right. Team yeah. USA is going to beat both right. lines. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're I'll put that out there. 20-point victory. It's being combined. the eight-and-a-half line and the 12-line. Wow, 12 line. wow mm-hmm. this guy is confident. They're, they're going to mm-hmm. lay the hammer down on Patty Mills tonight and Jock. What's his last name? Landale. Yeah. Landale. Biggest yeah. night, biggest biggest moment in Australian men's basketball history tonight. Really is. Really there you is. Go. Yeah. So you'll be up tonight, 12.15, I think, the tip, uh, Eastern. Yeah, 12.15 Eastern. I think, <laughs> <laughs> biggest night in Australian yeah. hoops history. You're going to be up there? <laughs> <laughs> biggest night in history? Oh, watch it in the morning. <laughs> uh, all right. So, oh, yeah, let's get to Tweet of the Night. I almost forgot. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Uh, I'm going to do something... What often happens with Tweet of the Night, it's, it ain't about a tweet at all. It's just, I'll show you the internet. So here we go. Here is the internet. I'm taking you around starting uh, with Dwight Howard's Instagram post. Now, I'm focusing on Ben Simmons, though. Current 76er Ben Simmons was addressed by former Sixer Dwight Howard. He said his goodbye to Philly and mm-hmm. on IG. The standard stuff. I love you. Miss you. You're the best. And then at the end... At the end, this had nothing to do with Ben Simmons. This is Dwight Howard saying goodbye to Philadelphia. He said, thank you to the entire 76er staff. We will always be family. And Ben, Ben Benjanese, went at him about his free throw routine, about about his free throw form. Yeah. That is strange from I Dwight. I guess maybe they got a little insight. They got show. an insight, Jack. Yeah, they're doing their thing. <laughs> Speaking of that, did, did you see the little uh, video going around yesterday, Skeets? This one's particularly for you. Of Ben no. Simmons, like, you know, he he, he, he was going up against somebody, some workout Here it is. Guy. Here it is. Here show, it is. Show I'm showing you the internet. internet. I'm no, showing you the internet. Oh, this. Turn this it is, oh, yeah. I don't oh, care. Yeah. Look at oh, this. wow. Great. I know. How, how, like... Ben is working on the jumper. Let me let me let me oh paint God. the picture. You guys are gonna so, fall for this again, are you? I yeah, know. This, I just, this is, buddy. This is from a well. This is exactly the same thing from a couple of years ago yeah. that he Instagrammed yeah. out. This is his trainer, Chris Johnson, put it on his story. It's Ben gets the ball at the three point line, backs down his defender, a couple steps in the mid range, cool. fade away, uh, <laughs> and he hits a shot. It's ex- literally the same thing from a couple of years ago. I can't miss. How many times did he shoot it right there? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Flawless. Flawless execution. Here, I got more of the internet here. Okay, and yeah. Ben, Ben was feisty. He was feisty on the internet. I guess this, uh, the little uh, the run had him going because he put up a photo of himself near the free throw line. And apparently it looks like he's going to shoot the ball. And that's yeah. when Worldwide Chad commented. He really acting like he was about to shoot. And Ben Simmons... He obviously went to Worldwide Chad's profile because he replied to that comment and said, quote, your lips look like you got stung by a bee, nutty professor ass. Uh, he just went out of it. And uh, I, I mean, making fun of a man's looks, uh, 
Not Weird. cool, but this is worldwide. Chad, get maybe get him some uh, some followers. <laughs> this is worldwide. <laughs> this is worldwide Chad. Is I don't think so. Like, okay. I I don't know. I didn't go to his profile. I'm not sure if he has a lot wow. of followers. Uh, but yeah, give him a little love for getting uh, poked at by Ben Simmons, calling him uh, nutty professor ass, Jesus. like his lips got stung by a bee. Uh, ben Simmons, yeah, he is. Worldwide feisty. Chad living rent free in Ben Simmons' head. <laughs> I, I guess here. When's Ben Simmons getting traded? That's all I care about. Mm. Uh, make it happen. Be perfect yeah. timing if that were to happen later today so we could talk about it on tomorrow's show, along with us talking about those two Olympic games that are happening uh, super late tonight and then in the early morning. Slovenia, by the way, two and a half point favorites versus France. Makes sense. Luca hasn't lost yet when he plays for them. Anything else, sorry, Tass? Uh, from no, the internet? No, no. Okay. Uh, let's see what else is on the internet. <laughs> uh, no. All right, we'll call it there, guys. We will be back tomorrow. Hopefully, Ben Simmons gets traded by then. Uh, we'll talk about any of the other minor moves that maybe happen. I guess Tony Bradley going to your Bulls. I saw the stream team saying uh, TK. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Everything keeps coming up Bulls! It's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> Tony! <laughs> We'll talk about that and uh, hopefully more uh, on tomorrow's show. That's on Thursday. You can join us live around 10 a.m. Eastern. I think that'll give us enough time, right, with the the second game uh, being on in the morning. (laughs) Lee's saying 100% yeah, so definitely definitely not. Uh, But, okay, we'll be fine when we talk about those games. So join us at 10 a.m. Eastern live here on YouTube if you want to join the stream team. Otherwise, we'll flip that into a podcast as soon as humanly possible. And then on Friday... Again, barring any crazy, crazy nudes, news, nudes, uh, and nudes that we may may not take, um, we will drop our first episode of Fast Friends, JD, TK, and I watching the first movie from the Fast and Furious franchise. That will drop on Friday now. I know we teased it for today, but we just pushed it back because we got so many things to talk about in the NBA world. So that's coming up for the rest of the week. Thank you so much for joining us here. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, the best thing that the Sacramento Kings social team can do this season is take Alex Land, steal my sunshine, and Mo Harkless, who they also signed. How could you be Mo Harkless? And create a couple videos of those guys singing those songs. Let's make some magic, Sacramento Kings, because we know on the court it ain't going to happen. Ooh. Probably not. Uh, probably not. Uh, embrace the day, people. You could stay.